Welcome to episode 8 of the Brand Social Podcast. Today we're talking to Ethan from Lame Skateboards. Enjoy the show. Hey buddy boy. Hey man. <laughs> you alright? Yeah, good mate, how are you? Yeah, not bad. What the fuck is that t-shirt? It's a, it's a frost t-shirt. So what? It's a frostwear t-shirt. Oh, right. I was trying to read what it says, but it kind of goes round your neck. And I just couldn't read it. I just thought it said, like, for life on the front. And just my uh, my mind instantly went to that... Uh, what's that movie? Uh, have you seen We're the Millers? And he's, nope. like, got no, no ragrets tattooed on his neck or whatever it is. No, but I've seen that scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my mind jumped to. I was going to say, are you disappointed that I'm not wearing a downcast t-shirt? Uh, no. Uh, Rather you're not. Yeah, they're, all the, they're all in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> just all on the floor, just wiping your feet on them. No, they're in the bin, mate. They're on the floor. <laughs> Alright, then. I don't own any Twisted Wire, so, you know. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, very short uh, intro from us, I think. But uh, yeah, let's get him in. Yeah, it's Ethan uh, from Lame um, is waiting. Um, they're a really, really cool brand. So yeah, looking forward to this chat, as I do all of them. I'm sure we both do. I know you're a miserable bastard and you don't look forward to anything. But I look forward to seeing you each week. Okay. <laughs> That's nice. Let's get the boy in. <laughs> Let him in. Hey, man. Hello. Yo. How's it going? I'm doing really well. I've been uh, I've been doing like a giveaway and like a photo shoot and stuff. What about you boys? How you been? Good, man. Yeah, all good here, mate. All good here. Just uh, cracking on with work life. And, yeah, uh, printing. Yeah, yeah. Lots of printing. Lots of printing. I, I work at another print shop um i run my own run my own print shop run the brand and work at another print shop um been at the other print shop today um there again tomorrow so yeah lots of printing going on lots of ink being flung um yeah all good man all good sick dude i don't get i don't really get involved with the printing anymore i tried it out right at the beginning i was like oh yeah i'll get stuck in with the screen printing stuff and then it ended up just being like a massive, it turns out it's not as easy as it looks. Turns out like exposing screens, I was exposed screens like over and over and over again, just constantly yeah. wrong. And in the end, like I, I did my best, but in the end, I've just, I've just ended up outsourcing it. Yeah. Oh, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. You gave it a go though. That's the thing. It's, yeah. you know, I think, it, and we've had it as well, like when, uh, so long story short, I've, I've talked about this a few times on the pod, but our unit is based on a farm and where we are, we're like the first unit and it's on a dog walking trail. Yeah. Um, so we get loads of people just walking by all the time. And so many times people stop and just stare for yeah. like a good few minutes. And it's just, I feel like I'm in a bit of a zoo. Um, but I've had it before where people have walked in and literally just watched me work. And it's like, oh, this is a bit strange, but I had one person go, oh, that looks fucking easy yeah <laughs> make money from this it's just like yeah yeah can, can, you, can you can you fuck off now <laughs> is it, is it uh, pasta or water base use 
Uh, I'm water based. Rube is uh, plastisol. Yeah. So I can't even imagine the torment of water based right now. (laughs) I love it, man. Absolutely love it. I I way prefer water based in terms of like the feel. Like water based for me is what I've always used on on like every design. I've always used water based. Um, I just love how it like kind of sits in the fabric a bit a bit better. Yeah. But um, I've been forced to go. <laughs> I've been forced to go plastisol because I was a bit worried about dye migration. I've got these um, pigment uh, dyed t-shirts that I've been using recently. Um, oh, right. Dyed in Leicester. Um, so like previously, I was always kind of constrained by colours. And then I've got these these t-shirts where they're dyed whatever colour I like. Um, and so, yeah, I was just a bit worried about dye migration with water base. So I ended up going yeah, plastic. Yeah. This is the new two. Nice, so, man. Love that. Love it. Um, one. Yeah, so b- b- before we kind of jump into it kind of properly, do you want to tell us who you are, what your brand is, what you do? I'm Ethan. Um, I run Lame Skateboards Limited. I run Lame Skateboards Limited for the last five years, and it's my baby. It's my it's my little it's my passion. It started off as just like making some teas for some homies in in literally in school, like in sick form. I was like seventeen, and then uh, it just kind of people were like, "Oh, could I could I get one off you?" I'd made like a few myself, and then people were like, "Oh, can I get one off you?" And I was like selling t-shirts in the car park, out the back of my little uh, out the back of my little car. And then uh, it just sort of blossomed. It just sort of grew more and more, and um, people people fuck with it. So yeah, I'm blessed. Awesome, man. Wicked. So how did you come up with the name of it? Um, so I was because I, I, it kind of um, came from like. So I'm really into like skateboarding. Like skateboarding is where um, my love for like um, fashion comes from. A lot of my favorite uh, mm. clothing companies are like skate brands. And all of these companies were like fucking awesome, supreme. Like they sell themselves as being the best of the best and mm. that they shout about how brilliant they are. And I just really liked the idea of being like the antithesis of that, of like flipping it on its head. Like, I don't give a shit if you if everyone thinks it's really cool. I'm not, I'm not like trying to impress everyone. I'm like, it's for me. If you think it's lame, everyone everyone can think it's lame. It's for me. I love it. That's all that matters. Um and just like upsetting old people, like I just want to, I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to upset old people. How would you upset old people? Like, so I've got this. Like, I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got some, I've got designs which are just a bit like twisted and like dark and like. Um. So there's a t-shirt which is a kind of um, an old cartoon which has been um made like satanic and demonic it's got like this uh, star on it so like taking like stuff that's like familiar and like <clears throat> childlike um from people's like childhoods like um just i don't want to get in legal trouble but like characters and then yeah. and then like make it dark and twisted so uh, my my inspiration was like um angela carter i'm i'm a massive english lit guy like i studied english lit at university i love books like i'm obsessed with reading <clears throat> Um, and I use that in my designs. I use that in my like um, philosophy, my design, my design philosophy. And Angela Carter takes um, like myths and legends, like uh, Little Red Riding Hood, and you know, just Beauty and the Beast. And then she makes, she kind of like flips them on their head and twists them and makes them unfamiliar. And I really like that idea. Cool. Wicked. No, I mean the stuff you do is really fucking cool, mate. It's 
you know, it, it, it. I think when I first came across Lane, it was like that's fucking skate brand. Mm-hmm. It is a skate brand. It, I, I started it in in that with that intention. I I really really um just love the skate scene and the clothing scene. But it's also yeah. there's a part of the skate scene which is so like exclusive and like yeah. oh you you can't wear Thrasher if you don't really skate. And I hated yeah. that part of it. I hated that part where it was like oh this is a club where you're not everyone's allowed in mm-hmm. so i wanted to make like an inclusive space i wanted to make like a, a skate uh, clothing company that was kind of like way more welcoming i don't care if you skate you i don't care if you like stepped on a skateboard like <clears throat> one time or you've skated all your life like I, I want everyone to feel like they're represented in skating and that's kind of like what lame is it's like a space for everyone that's the, that's the whole idea of skateboarding altogether, isn't it? It's like it's it's literally for everybody. There's no outsiders, and people don't seem to get that nowadays. So I think that's like really cool. The, co- the community isn't like that though. Not no, it's not as part. a whole. I, well, I, I guess it depends on where you sort of come where you sort of come from. Yeah, it I really, suppose. It yeah. really depends. There's there's certain parts of the scene which are super inclusive and um mm. and not like you know exclusive they're not trying to keep people out but there are like gatekeeping parts of it um yeah but i feel like it's just fostering that more inclusive side of it like i want to be the best the thing that made me love skateboarding was when i first started skateboarding i was so nervous about looking silly or you know uh, not being able to skate as well as everyone else at the skate park and everyone made me feel so welcome everyone mm. just you know trying to encourage me and teach me how to kickflip and teach oh dude your ollies would be like that was what i loved was how everyone was supportive and inclusive and made me feel like i was welcome in this yeah. scene and yeah. they were judgmental and that's what i want to kind of bring out that's so that's kind of what i found about so i haven't fucking <clears throat> skated for years um and it was so, so i've got a, a kid three-year-old and he's got a skateboard and he fucking loves it. And he was like, Daddy, buy a skateboard. Daddy, buy a skateboard. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. You know what? I'm going to buy a board. I'm just like, yeah. It's like, I'm going to get back on it. And it's if anything, even if it's just to teach him how to fucking ride, I'm not going to fucking teach him how to fucking kick clip or anything like that. It's just teach him how to fucking push off and ride and shit. And it's like, it's a nice bonding thing. But um, yeah, th- I th- <sighs> what was I saying? Oh, that that was it. So I think what I found about like the screen printing community recently is really similar to that it's you know when i when i kind of first started out it was it's like it's a really intimidating kind of community and quite an intimidating culture and i kind of referenced it back to skating and when i went in not knowing how to do anything it's kind of like oh there's the big kids sort of thing you know what I mean? And it's no, over yeah. the last like year, year and a half, two years, whatever, it's really opened up. And like both me and Rube have like created like fucking such good friendships with like other printers, other brands and stuff like that. And that was obviously the inspiration for for this pod. Um, is to kind of just, you know, we just want to make friends. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, just have a fucking chat with people. And it's you know, it's it's nice to see obviously somebody who's still involved in the the skate skate community kind of reiterating that sort of thing but um yeah so obviously you you mentioned a little bit about the start of the brand can we go back to the start yeah dude totally how did it start 
like what what in the, obviously you've talked about kind of your inspiration for doing it and you know it being for everybody sort of thing but kind of like I guess what kept, gave you that kind of like real like get up and go and just fuck it I'm doing this and how did it start so it wasn't even like I set out with the intention of creating a clothing brand um and if I really actually think about it properly like I it was literally my art account my art account was called super mega lame and it was just like stupid doodles I mean like ridiculous like just silly doodles and it was just where I like kind of had fun and posted rubbish um but then I kind of you know the more I was doing art the more I was I I didn't do any like in, in school I really struggled to focus and what I would do instead is basically just draw in my notebooks like my notebooks were just full of doodles and sketches yeah um and it was it was basically like realizing that I had this massive passion for graphic t-shirts all my life, like from literally maybe being about 12 years old. All the all the pictures of me like growing up are like me with like a t-shirt where it's like a cat with a top hat on and like a monocle, like just silly, silly graphic t-shirts. I've just always been obsessed with silly like graphic t-shirts. Um, and then kind of realizing that, oh, I never thought of myself as an artist. I always just thought I was like doodling and then kind of realizing like, oh, the doodles are art. Like I, I can, mm. I can, you know, put this on t-shirts and um, yeah, it basically just evolved from that. Like really pure, it is my passion. It's not like, oh, I'm going to create a brand. Let's create yeah. like a marketing strategy. What would be the best name? Like it was just, yeah, yeah. that was the name of my art account. I love graphic tees. I was drawing on t-shirts. I was just like, I mean, my first ever t-shirts that I like got printed were like Vistaprint. It was the like shittiest, thinnest t-shirts. It it was trash. But I've kind of like evolved it from there where now like quality is my absolute be all end all. Like I genuinely believe that I have like the nicest t-shirts of any t-shirts that I've never I say this, I say this in all sincerity. I know everyone's like I have the best t-shirts. I have never ever found a t-shirt that I like as much as my t-shirts these are my perfect t-shirts and that's all that yeah. matters to me I love them that's fair enough man like I mean we we use very specific brands and manufacturers and it's I do that for my own personal reasons mm-hmm. there there are probably there are brands that would kind of probably be better suited to the brand but it's, I don't care because I don't, I don't like them I don't like wearing them you know, we, we choose the tees that we use because I like wearing them. And I know that sound, it, it can, to anybody listening, could probably like, oh, well, that guy's a fucking bit of a dick. <laughs> you know? Well, but it's just... Because if you're not comfortable in it, you're not going to want to sell it, are you? Yeah, of course. That's it. Well, that's that what it boils whole... down to. It's, you know, brands are, you know, we said it on the, the last pod and fucking pretty much everyone before this, that, you know, the brands are an extension of the person that's running or owning the brand. And like, it's good to have that kind of like personal connection with it, where it's like, you know, you have to feel comfortable in the shit you're producing. Like, you know, I've never put anything out with Downcast that I didn't feel comfortable wearing. Even if it was like something that was a bit more like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work or whatever. It's like, I don't care, I fucking like it. There's something special about putting on a t-shirt where it fits right, the Mm. material's just like, just everything comes together and I, I when I go out in public if I'm if I, I have also because I'm a genuine genuine fan of like graphic t-shirts I have a huge wardrobe of graphic t-shirts but I feel most myself and most you know comfortable when I'm wearing a t-shirt 
I just yeah. something right about it. It's like my suit of armor against the world. I just feel safe and something about it is magic. Yeah. How um how did your first t-shirts come about and what uh what kind of process did you go through? It's it's hard to say because I was stoned the whole time. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but it was basically like me and my friends, um, me and my friends were kind of like a creative collective in not in any like, you know, dramatic way, but just that we were all creatives in our own field and we love working together. And um, we kind of had this idea of um, building like a universe together like each of us succeeding in our own like little creative outlet but um and, and mine just happened to be like kind of t-shirts and art um so we would meet up um when we ended up going to uni we would like you know go to i i took a year out so i would go to each person's uni and we would kind of have like a creative weekend and just literally create music and create art and all that time i was kind of you know just creating t-shirts um, so that's the early days is basically like just creating with my friends, like really authentically is just literally living, eating, sleeping, breathing this. Yeah. Do you, um, do you still do that then? Or is it kind of more just, or yeah. Yeah, still do it. So it's a bit different. Um, everyone has, you know, been through uni and like got jobs and like kind of is living lives now. Um, so it's a bit different. It's not like I can, you know, drive to, it's not like everyone has to pay the bills. It's not like I can just yeah. drive and see everyone. Um, but it, it, at the same time, we, we all come back home. We're from Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes is like my, uh, it's where I would call home, really. It's where we're all from. Um, so we, we all come back. We still work together. If I do a photo shoot, I use my, 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 photo, my uh, photographer mates, videographer mates. We create music together a lot not me i don't create the music i'm not any good musically but they create music and i uh offer my un unsolicited opinion um yeah so i still hang out with them and still um and still create together yeah and that's part of my vision going forward is i want to in everything i do with lame i want to involve that uh that group of homies um because they're all so talented like sincerely everyone would say that their mates are talented but i genuinely my homies are so talented these guys are gonna like blow up they are going to and it's just sort of um creating a like i want lame to be like a platform for them yeah like when i create an ad the music is made by them when i do a shoot the the photography is by them awesome man awesome awesome so i saw on your social media a little while ago you did yeah. a pop-up done a few pop-ups yeah yeah how how are they going and kind of what's the i guess what i think what i'm getting at is kind of what's the route that you want lame to take is it the physical store route so i love pop-ups because um i get to meet i get to meet the people that are into lame so um my one of my favorite parts of the job is job one of my favorite parts of it is meeting people and then being like, oh, I've followed for years and just like kind of laying out like how I do the designs and talking about, you know, they, oh, they've got this old piece from five years ago that's, you know, there was only 20 of, like, I love that. Um, so yeah, pop-ups pop ups are awesome, but I wouldn't want to go the physical um, store route just because that is a job. That is like literally going to work every day, nine to five. And that's not really how I see myself working. I see myself 
going um i'd love to do like international pop-ups I'd lo- i've done one on oxford street in london um i want to like host events and that kind of stuff without like massive overheads and you know kind of hiring uh shop staff fair enough fair enough how, do, how did the one on oxford street go because that's obviously quite a i guess an affluent area if you yeah. want to say that very expensive area oxford street went really well um if I, if anything just for like the footfall yeah like the number of people coming through and uh, that had never like heard of us before but were like you know so historically at pop-ups most of the people know us and have mm. you know come through to see us um but london oxford street was a bit different it was people that you know had come off come in off the street um yeah. and were like what is this what is going on because it was a bit it was it was like an event it was there was music and um all sorts of it wasn't just us there was other brands there that we were kind of uh doing the pop-up with um so yeah it, i i love that part of it as well as like working with other brands to have like a pop-up space yeah so get getting a few of us together brands that i really respect and you know I'm personally like oh yeah that shit's cool um and then getting us all together and um hosting an event having a space it's you know the, i think the pop-up thing something that both me and Rupe have spoken about and like we're like downcast is really keen to do it but it's mm-hmm. just i don't know where we are like being just outside of brighton and that it's you know it's the same as london isn't it? it's just so fucking expensive and to find the right space to do it with the right footfall and kind of drawing people in it's like that's what's putting me off it's like the brand in its kind of current form as like a you know an e-commerce brand does really well but it's like i'd love to have like a physical kind of location whether it be temporary or permanent like you know me and ruby have spoken as well like I'd, so where where i live there's this awesome fucking skate park there's no skate shop within 15 20 miles of us and I was like, that could fucking work. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want a skate shop. <laughs> I really want a fucking skate shop. Um, even if it's just for kind of like my own kind of nostalgic sort of memorabilia sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, I th- I think the physical store route's interesting. Like, um, you know, Jack from Modern Streets, who we had on episode one, um, he's literally just got his first shop space. So it'd be really interesting to see kind of where he goes because, you know, he's at a similar level to ours and stuff in terms of, you know, his, his following and his clout sort of thing. So, yeah, I'd be keeping a very close eye on him. Um, I just feel like with a, with a physical shop, you know, you, you in winter when it's like mm-hmm. cold, raining, wet, I just don't see, I don't, my enjoyment isn't running a shop. My enjoyment yeah. is the physical product. My enjoyment is the t-shirts it's the designing like i love i love drawing i love artwork i'm really passionate about the product i'm not as passionate about like running a shop yeah that's fair enough but i do love people from like you know off the street and kind of like talking to them about it so pop-ups highly recommend i would definitely say oxford street works for anyone because it doesn't matter your sort of um following or your you know if if you can get people there because the foot traffic's so hectic and people have so much money that they'll walk in and buy i had a guy buy like six t-shirts just off the bat because he was you know i guess minted yeah (laughs) 
other ones you want, isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody comes in, I'll have 12 of those. Yeah. <laughs> Rube, you got any questions, Mike? Yeah, um, I was going to say, to, uh, to dial it back a little bit to what we were talking about when you're working with your videographers and your photographers and stuff, um, what experience have you got with that? Like, is it just, are you just shooting your mates or have you, you know, or have you actually gone, in, gone ahead and booked like genuine models or? So I tend to, I tend to work with my homies where I possibly can. So all of my models historically have been my friends because um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not massively keen about uh, having people that don't really represent the brand. My friends are really into um, lame. They like sincerely love it and I love them and I want to have my kind of community, my people represented. Um, and I feel like it's most authentic when um, it's my homies. So like we did a shoot in London um, with a, I've got a friend called Sofo, um, James Sofo. He does a, he did a, there's a t-shirt on my website called the Sofo t-shirt. So when I say I collaborate with my homies, I mean it like literally on like designs. He's, uh, he's, you know, a guy that I work with frequently in both photo shoots and design wise. Um, and the we did a photo shoot in London where it was literally just like all my friends. We just had a really cool time. Smoked, smoked a load of spliffs, like took a load of pictures. Like it was just a cool day. And if I had professional models, it wouldn't be the same. It, I want it to be like real. I want it to be just a good time. Cool. Yeah, I get that. Fair enough. Um, so, hypothetical question. So, if you could kind of add anything to your business, so that could be anything from cash injection, number of staff, new equipment, um, expertise, mm. what would you go with? What do you think could give Lame like a massive boost? And it's that I'm asking this, but kind of also mindful of the fact that I think that from the outside looking in as well, it doesn't seem like you're the type of person that's going, I want lame to dominate the fucking world. It's kind of because it's for you. Yeah. Do you know what so I, mean? I do know what you mean. Um, if I could have anything added to lame, it would be like someone to run my socials, someone to run my ads, the things which aren't my like immediate passion. I don't love, mm. Um, as much as I love interacting with people on the social media side of it, I don't love uh, the pressure of, you know, Instagram, it's like the algorithm, the, the pressure yeah. of if you if I don't post today, people haven't seen my brand. So they're not, you know, if I'm not exposing my brand to people, then they're not going to the website, they're not, they're not ordering t shirts. And like, I have to pay my bills. So that conflict, recently, that the past like year or so that conflict between this being my pure passion and oh shit, I have to pay my rent is like yeah. something I've been working through. And if someone was running my ads, running my socials, that would free me up to do a lot more of the art, a lot more of the design. Um, so yeah, that, that someone's take over the boring shit. <laughs> yeah. Would you, um, would you consider agencies to do that? Or would you want to kind of bring somebody in specifically for that? I don't love agencies. I think agency is just an advertising agency. I would be okay with it. They just charge so much money. It's like mm. minimum a grand a month. And I just don't want to, I, 
I've taught myself everything. Like in 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 business, there's obviously a lot of different elements to it. And I've ended up just teaching myself the ad, the ad work. Um, I've ended up teaching myself accounting, like how how do I do taxes? Like yeah. all all of this stuff I've had to learn basically because I was like, I can't afford an accountant. I can't afford mm. an agency. Why would I pay that much money? So I have done it all myself and I'm a little bit like reluctant to let go of that control. I'm quite, a, I'm a bit of a control freak, honestly. That's not a bad thing though, mate. That's really not. Um, but you know, you you fucking got it down, mate. You fucking, I'll, you're grafting. I am grafting. I've, I've found it, I've, it would be really, really unfair, though, to say that I'm a sole operator because my homie that I live with, my best mate, uh, George, he uh, runs the socials with me. He's run the socials with me for a while, like at pop-ups. He'll be, he'll be there, like, giving a hand. Um, so I, it, it is, you know, day-to-day operation. It's all me, but I would... I would yeah, definitely- that, no, that's, that's more what I meant. It's, you know, it, it, you know, both me and Rube have people that come and, you know, to help us out, essentially. With the business and that but it's kind of like in the day-to-day mm-hmm. is you and it's you know it's it's I just, down and it's why with Rube. i just wouldn't want george to go without being shouted out because he's no, been no, like no, no, of course he's been, george has been like crucial to even like the origin of lame like we in in sick form uh we would sit in the uh in the hallway like drawing on our skateboards with posca pens and you know just doing silly silly doodles and that that drawing on skateboards was kind of the origin in fact i've got i've got they're all around (laughs) like i've got that was the origin of lame essentially was drawing on skateboards and being like oh what if we draw on t-shirts and oh what you know that it was a really natural evolution from from just messing around with our skateboards yeah how did you uh how did you draw on your t-shirts like was it just sort of like sharpie and have a washer or like posca pens posca pens are um Posca pens and uh, I did use Sharpies, uh, but paint pens. Um, what else? I mean, you can get specific like fabric pens. Um, yeah. uh, but to be honest, it's it's not something I've done for a long time. Mm. Um, it's something that I did like when you're when you're when you're in school. A big thing for me was like customization. Mm. My my shoes had you know fabric uh, glued over them. Um, because obviously you ruin your shoes skateboarding so they had massive holes in them I'd glue fabric over them I'd like draw um there were some Nike shoes and I drew like fuck Nike and like all sorts of shit all around the shoes and I just customization was really really natural it wasn't um it wasn't like I was I'm gonna draw it on a t-shirt and sell it it was literally just like how I kind of like showed my identity on my actual physical clothing Mm. She used it as a way to express herself then. I feel like who, who, that seems like something that everyone does. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if this is, I don't know if I'm speaking out of hand, but I think everyone uses clothing for expression. Are we not yeah. all just sort of showing, outwardly yeah. expressing something inside? I feel like we are. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree with that. Completely agree. And I think that's why, you know, brands have like niches. And, you know, specific groups of people that kind of follow them fucking religiously, like cult followings and stuff like that, because it's kind of those people, those kind of cult followers identify with, you know, in the same way that the brand owners do and the people who created the brands. And it's kind of like if you can't 
I guess if you can't strive for that and you don't have the passion for kind of creating that niche, which you obviously do, it's kind of, I don't see a point in running a brand because it just feels like it's, you literally in it just to make some cash. There's nowhere for it to come from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have been thinking about starting a cult, you know, like getting um, people together, just sort of like some blood sacrifice, that kind of thing. What would, what, who would you sacrifice to what? I would sacrifice Boris Johnson to the socialist cause. <laughs> Love it. It's the first time we've got political on it. <laughs> so I was going to ask you what your biggest achievement is with a brand. Uh, not going bust over the past year. <laughs> Paying my rent every month. Uh, so nah, it's a my... full-time job then? Oh, this is my full-time job, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, um, I... So my biggest achievement with the brand, in all sincerity, is uh, the physical product. I am obsessed with... The, Mm. I'm obsessed with graphic t-shirts. So my, my 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 greatest achievement is my wardrobe. Like every single lame piece that I have, I find every single one of those is an achievement. Every time I put out a new piece, every time I get like that box through the door and I, there's this, you know, a load of new t-shirts and I get that new design for the first time, that feeling, I'm addicted to it. It's like heroin. I'm sincerely addicted to it. Um. Every single time I get a new design in, that's my greatest achievement. Um, and every single time I create a new design, I try and one-up myself. Um, so I feel like, it, it, on insincerity, that is my greatest achievement. But also, I am really proud that I've not gone under yet um, and kind of kept it going this long. Five years. Five years is a, a long old time to be doing it. Yeah, no, it is, mate. It is. Do you have um? Do you have a, a, a one of every piece you've ever released then? Yep, I've got the archive collection. I've got a a bag of just you know I've got like um, the ones that I've printed myself, and oh, it's yeah. like you know one of ten, and like I've written the date on it. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Would you um? Obviously, because you kind of touched on having uh, printed yourself before would you kind of ever want to go back to that so if i got to the size where i had a uh, unit and i could pay for um you know an operation where i could bring it all in house that would be great um but to be honest i like given that i'm one man i like the fact that i have i have guys in bristol that print them for me i've got a really good relationship with them um and I like the fact that I can say to them, you know, this is what I need. And they're the professionals. They'll handle it. If anything goes wrong, they've they've got it sorted. And I can just focus on my side of the business, which is not like necessarily the printing. I don't the printing isn't my passion as much as the yeah. artwork and the physical product. But in terms of in a business sense, yeah, eventually bringing it under one roof um, and printing them myself would be smart. So with like with lame kind of going forward obviously i mean you've done pretty well for yourself so far not that you know i'm not going down the financial route or anything i'm just meaning it means in terms of like you know the brand's growth and everything like that and you seem to have like a really loyal following like you're doing well on social media by the looks of it from the outside looking in anyway kind of what what are the plans moving forward what are you is it is there going to be a point where 
you kind of stop and look at the brand and go, okay, I'm happy with where it is. I don't want to push it anymore. The thing is, I'm, I'm not pushing the brand as much as just releasing new stuff. Like yeah. I'm, genu- I'm genuinely like just going from design to design to design. I'm working on my advertising because that's how I make money or I've realized that's how you do make money with a clothing company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working on my advertising in that sense, I'm pushing the brand. I'm doing my pop-ups. In that sense, I'm pushing the brand. But I'm not like, there's not like an overarching, like, you know, like evil maniac plan where I've, there's like an end goal. Like I'm genuine. This is, I love to do what I do. And as the longer I can do this, the better. If I can do this for another five years, I'll count myself so lucky. Um, but yeah, I feel, you, I feel blessed to have done it for five years already. Do you have an end goal? um no (laughs) not at all i like really really don't my end goal is uh paying my rent at the end of the month my 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 end goal my end goal every month is like what can i make this month what design i just love making new stuff i love making uh the new product so every time i release a new design i'm like thinking ahead like oh what else can i do I would show you my notebook, which is like all of my design ideas, <laughs> except that I don't want the internet to have all my design yeah, ideas. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair enough, right? <laughs> it, it is just shocker, like like years of just drifting off to sleep and being like, that would be sick. Yeah. Getting up, writing it down, drifting off to sleep. But that is when I have my best design ideas, just drifting off to sleep. My mind's just starting to relax, and, and then I'm like, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever, have you ever had it where, like, you get a really good idea popped into your head and you're like, I can't be asked to get up now. Get up in a minute and then you fall asleep. Nope, never. I've, I've had that a couple of times and I still to this day can't remember what the fucking ideas were. Yeah. And it's so fucking annoying because it's like, that would have been fucking banging. Don't know what it was, but it was going to be good. Yeah. And it's like, but I can't fucking remember for the life of me what it was. It was, yeah, I normally that, that fucking nine times out of 10, I get up, I write it down. I can't face that torment. I, I love... Yeah. I, the design the design ideas are something that like I almost had to like condition my brain to like think differently like when I first started when I first started doing t-shirts I was the way that I kind of conceived of designs was um like juxtaposition like two things which shouldn't go together and kind of like smashing yeah. them together um and then my kind of like des- design philosophy the more I thought about that my design philosophy kind of like evolved and the more I studied uh literature and book and my books and started like working that stuff in for instance uh i'm obsessed with surveillance i love like um like dystopic fiction so you know 1984 or we by uh yevgeny zamyatin and like all this dystopic fiction is gets me giddy Hmm. so stuff like sci-fi futuristic i just love that sort of energy um, and taking that and running with it and, you know, using it for my designs um, is something that I've kind of worked in and made a lot more natural than when I first started out. And like coming up with an idea was sort of a bit more alien and difficult. Yeah, fair enough. That's uh, like kind of on the, we're trying to steer downcast in a slightly different kind of niche, I guess, and kind of move away a little bit from the, the like traditional tattoo inspired stuff um just because you know i'm i'm just a bit bored of drawing it and what what direction are you going instead um 
it's still pretty open to be fair but it's kind of like going down a little bit more of like a kind of photographic sort of route so like check out the last t-shirt we released like a couple of days ago it's kind of down that sort of route like you know and really kind of testing myself as a printer i was gonna say is that not sort of more dtg friendly so like if you're going down like photographic does that not sort of does that not lean more towards direct to garment printing um (laughs) not necessarily no because i mean personally i'm always going to go with screen printing Mm -hmm. because i know that i can get a better result from it than any dtg printer i know Mm -hmm. um and that's not necessarily knocking dtg because i think it does have its place but I know that for my work and the artwork that I'm putting together, I'm designing it in a way that it is suitable for screen printing. I can produce photorealistic images. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's super fine half tones and, and shit like that. It obviously gets a lot more complicated when you're, you're adding a shit ton of colours into it and stuff like that. And that's when kind of costs start to go up and, you know, the complications start to go up. But it's, I don't know, there's just something about it that for me feels, because I'm printing it myself, it just feels more rewarding. Yeah, 100% see that. I just think with, um, I've got the t-shirt I was talking about earlier, the Soho t-shirt. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's basically um, a photo that my friend took at a protest where this guy's being carried away by a bunch of police. Mm-hmm. And then I've uh, hand styled over the top with uh, graffiti pens. I've hand styled Lane. And I don't think that I could recreate that t-shirt with screen printing like I just don't see how that would be possible so I guess what I'm wondering is is that surely you're limited surely you're somewhat limited artistically if you're just c- c- purely committed to screen printing seriously it's there's so many different techniques and so many ways of doing things that it's a lot of the time it's about just finding the right printer like you know i could i haven't seen the design you're talking about um so i can't comment on that specifically but it's like there will be a way of doing it with screen printing 100 I'll, I'll send it i'll send over uh, my um my dcg stuff to you later and see if you reckon it's achievable with screen print yeah, be yeah in- of course man very interested go for it Go for it. I mean, as I said, I'm fucking. I stand by screen printing, and I think for you know, for me personally, I'm. I, I have done some DCG stuff with Downcast, but that was more down to color counts. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, we've got a six color press, and it's kind of like the stuff I was designing. I kind of went a bit mad within it. It's like oh, it's a 14, 16 color design or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's like the only way I'm going to get that is either with DTG or with transfers. Yeah, and we've done both and had mixed results i think both have their place um for us anyway with downcast but it's you know i'm a fucking screen printer man i can't go like oh yeah like i'm running a brand i'm I'm gonna go and do everything with transfers it's like you know this is literally my my trade like you know it's what my business is based off so yeah yeah but send us your shit over mate we'll have a chat i do think that um dtg like the prints don't last as well and you know colors the colors aren't necessarily as vibrant so like as a you know as a printing method it is like strictly speaking inferior but i would be really interested to see whether uh the, the dtg t-shirts that i have could actually be achieved with screen printing 
Yeah. So I'm not sure they so, could. Say that again. I'm not totally sure that they could. Obviously, if you had enough screens, then sure you yeah. can you know do anything. But just from like a practicality point of view, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the 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 best the best DTG print print shop that I've found. They also do screen printing and embroidery and stuff like that. Um, they are called what are they called? They're called I dress myself. Um, oh, I spoke the other day. That's so funny. Did you? Yeah. So, yep. that, so that I haven't had anything screen printed or embroidered by them, but I can genuinely vouch for their DTG. Mm -hmm. It the stuff we received feels more like a screen print than any other DTG stuff I've ever seen, and I don't know how they do it. They're probably burning a bit of a hole in their pocket printing it mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's kind of you know DTG inks are very fucking expensive. Um, but yeah, it was really great stuff. But it was you know that design that I'm, that I'm on about was it was just a one-off thing. It was I desperately wanted it printed exactly that way, exactly where I designed it, and I couldn't replicate it with screen printing purely because of the amount of colours. You know, if I had a big fourteen-colour auto, it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. but you know, that's the 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 caveat of not having hundred grand to spend. There's so much uh, variation with DTG machines as well. Like you get yeah you get ones that you know do the job but really the product's not any good whereas you mm -hmm. get those like proper like corner avalanche machines and then they're the real thing they're proper you got a quarter of a million pounds to spend yeah i do actually no. <laughs> but i think with with dtg as well it's kind of like it's all in the all in the user and i've seen results from two identical machines with identical like genuine inks they were both brother machines like the gt gtxrs or whatever they're called one of them was completely not a dog shit mm -hmm. and the other one i'm pretty sure that i dressed myself used the gtx and we received that and i was like what the fuck but like, mm. this is amazing but if i could reproduce that result i would probably considering consider adding dtg to my print shop mm -hmm. but i couldn't guarantee it yeah. because there's probably there's probably less learning curves than there is with screen printing because it is it's built as a plug and play device you know you load your design and you load your t-shirt and you hit play and it prints but there must be some kind of you know techniques or you know methods to make things just work better like everything isn't it it's you know every piece of machinery or equipment or technology there's a way for somebody to use it slightly differently i'm fairly certain that there are ways to mess it up like you have to mm. lay you have to lay down you know a base layer um, on a lot mm. of colors um and obviously with pigment with pigment dyed t-shirts uh, you can get a uh, dye migration so yeah there, there are definitely like finicky parts to it yeah but that's like i mean if, if we went and printed on i don't know fucking camo t-shirts like we are we're gonna get issues you know mm -hmm. it's it's doable because we can get bases that basically block migration um but for the amount of times we get asked to do stuff like I'm, I'm purely talking from the print shop side because with downcast we're not really got any plans to do camo it's just not you know it's just not particularly my cup of tea um but yeah it, it, we can get that stuff and i think the the technological 
technological kind of advancements and kind of like the research that's been done with walk-based printing in particular because plastisol is you know plastisol is plastisol and plastisol i don't think will change that much i just think water-based is going to become more like plastisol in the sense of the things you can do with it yeah um and sooner or later you will be able to do all of the same things you can do with plastisol that you do all of the same things with water base that you can do with plastic you know it's like is we it, can print on 100 percent polyester we can but is, print only on... is its only limitation not that it basically just dries out really easily yeah but even that mate is i don't know i mean we're, we're, i've spoken to a lot of people oh, sorry Rube, i'll let you talk in a minute as well no, you know, you're, you're right, sitting man. there Carry very on. patiently um on. you know i've spoken to a lot of printers over the last year year and a half whatever and like both water-based and plastisol printers and kind of like everybody obviously has their different opinions but i think the kind of the possibilities of water-based are just constantly expanding so we use a an ink manufacturer called magna and they've been around for a fucking long time and they are like the dons in water-based printing like over here anyway um you know if you go into europe it's going to be virus inks um if you go into i don't know what it is in the states but um it's they're putting together all these things where it's kind of like you know as i said being able to print on like 100 polyester or fucking mm-hmm. dye migration blockers or like being able to print on fucking high vis and fucking all this stuff and the main the main ink we use is so it's it's called a high solid zinc so it has a high uh, acrylic content mm-hmm. and it cures very similarly to plastisol so there's no like with your traditional water-based inks say if i was printing traditional water-based black ink on a white shirt i'm having to run it through a dryer for three minutes to evaporate all that water mm-hmm. where essentially what you're doing with high solids is yeah you are evaporating some water but what you're doing is you're solidifying that acrylic I'm um I'm a little bit familiar with high solid acrylics just because my girlfriend works in the industry and uh, her mum is fabric tech. So anytime, oh, okay, anytime that I've got you know like a query, I'm not sure. Um, for instance, when I got these pigment dyed T-shirts, I wasn't I was worried about dye migration. They're just like a wealth of knowledge. Um, yeah. To kind of learn from. Awesome man, that's really cool. That's a fucking really good knowledge source, mate. It's useful, for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do you have any more questions, Rob? No, I'm, I'm I'm happy listening to you, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any questions for us, mate? Bloody hell, mate! Are you, are you, I wish you'd told me I was going to be asking questions. I'd have prepared some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could do something generic like, "Why are you so amazing?" Yeah, why are you so brilliant? No, do you know what I want? I want to know. I want to know about this new direction of of downcast. I th- I think what it boils down to is it's basically I've gotten a bit bored of drawing the shit that I've always drawn. So so long, very very long story short, downcast started off the back of me getting rejected for tattoo apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. So I had this massive portfolio work that I didn't know what to do with it, and eventually just start putting on fucking t shirts, and the brand took off. Now my love for tattoos and traditional tattoos and kind of American trad and stuff like that hasn't faded, but I just feel that it's a bit tired with the brand now. 
So I'm kind of going back a bit, I guess, to my roots as a graphic designer and just trying to experiment with different styles and kind of going down a bit more of that photographic route in particular. Um, You know, where you're talking in terms of, you know, when I say collage, I don't mean like, oh, I've fucking taken a bit out of a magazine and stuck it on this magazine. It's kind of more taking elements of images within Photoshop and stuff I'm creating. Fucking really awesome shit. Um, don't don't put any disrespect on collage's name, man. Collage. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm, I'm just kind of using that as an analogy to say that's not what I'm doing. It's kind of sure. I'm just trying to explain it more in the in the Photoshop sense. Um, there's nothing wrong with fucking collage at all. Um, but yeah, so it's. I guess I don't know. It's just trying to trying to I guess test my kind of artistic development because it's been a bit stagnated for so long so to answer your question i don't know where it's going i really don't beautiful love that um, you are really yeah. highly checking out uh, this brand brand called f all right i'm gonna mess up the pronunciation but it's basically like flaneur archive um okay. it's, this, it's this homie who was a photographer um and he ran this brand for maybe a year um it was like a collection of um different photographers from all over the world they'd all submit kind of pictures and then he'd choose his favorites and produce t-shirts and uh, sell them. And there's some awesome, t- I've got quite a few of them. And there's some awesome t-shirts, some really beautiful photos. I really liked that idea of kind of um, supporting uh, photographers from all over the world. Cause I think photography, it's quite a difficult job. It's quite a difficult yeah. job to make money and there's, there's a lot of them. So yeah, highly yeah. recommend checking out Flaneur Archive. Check them out, check them out. Do you want to go onto the randoms, Rube? Do you want to so, kick off? Yeah, I will. So if you're so Prime cool. Minister, what would be some mandatory changes you'd make? So first things first, I'd dissolve the government um, and I would institute a monarchical system. Do you mean, do you mean like in dissolve them in acid? Mm, I would be tempted, but no. The, the systems <laughs> of government, dissolve the systems of government, yep. institute, institute a system wherein I am the sole ruler um and i would then sort of do away with all all systems of hierarchy except that where i'm the most powerful person like a dictator so a, a, a dictator yeah. <laughs> dictator has been done i'm sort of feeling more like you know overlord um something like that. i love it love it um <laughs> if given the opportunity would you go to space can I come back? Yes. Well, After then, a year. Ooh. Uh, it, it, to be honest, dude, it would really depend on what I was doing out there. If I'm going to space and, you know, there's loads of space chicks and I'm hanging out with, like, <laughs> I'm, like, just hanging out on the moon colony, that sounds great. But if I'm just stuck in um, the International Space Station for a year, like, that would get really monotonous. And I'm not a science guy, like... I thought I was, but I'm definitely not a science guy. Um, so I'm going to go with no, unless there's like cool aliens and stuff. Ruth. What about you? Go to space? I don't know. We spoke spoke about this on the last podcast, which isn't out yet. But did we start talking about kind of like going swimming in like the ocean? And like one of my biggest fears is swimming in like the open ocean, going underwater, and it's just nothingness. 
Yeah. That just freaks the fuck out of me. Um, so my answer would probably be no. I hear you. I hear you. I like the open ocean. So maybe it, maybe I'm more inclined to go deep space. Yeah. About you, Rube? I go space. Yeah. Okay. You're, a little, you're a little space cadet, aren't you? I was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, go to, I go to space. Like, I bobble around for a couple of days. Have you seen Wall the film? Huh? Have you seen Wall E, the film? Yeah. Oh, great movie, yeah. Fantastic movie, yeah. That, that's wow. what I'm thinking. like. It's like a, a, a human civilization just drifting out endlessly in space. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that would be what humans were like, though. Yeah, and we'd all lose we'd our... Do, just get fat and watch TV for the rest yeah, of the time. Yeah, that's what, that's what would happen. Yeah, we're simple beings, aren't we? We are. We, we are. Give us a give us a meal and, and some fucking cinema and we're, we're sorted. Meal and Netflix. So if you had to inconvenience your worst enemy and you had the keys to his house, what would you steal? You'd steal one thing. My worst enemy. Do I have an enemy? Maybe maybe my childhood bully. Maybe I'd just like maybe I'd just like fuck with him. I'd like go around, I'd go into his house in the middle of the night and like steal like his slippers, steal his shoes, steal his keys. Like are you every... allowed to steal one thing? Oh it's got wow. one thing it's to one fuck. One thing him. a night. One thing a night. I'm revisiting him every night. I'm I'm like I'm gonna I'm just gonna like slowly, slowly move him out of his own home until there's nothing left. He's gonna be like so confused and then I'm gonna be like Yo, do you remember when you bullied me when I was 13? Sucker. I mean, I probably would have taken the batteries out of his remote or something like that. <laughs> well, you don't know how bad he was, dude. He's going down. He's got a lot to, he's got a lot to answer for. Fair enough. If you had to replace your hands with something other than hands, what would you choose? Feet. Feet? Yeah, feet, obviously. You don't know All how right. dexterous my feet are, dude. My, my feet could, like, I could shuffle cards with my feet. You could do a kickflip with hands and your feet, then. Precisely. I could do... <laughs> imagine imagine how much the skateboarding world opens up when your hands are feet. Fair enough. You know, Vince, but I'm telling you, dude, the, the options are limitless. I got a really boring one here. It's, uh, what's your favourite film? Wally. We talked about it. No, no, no. I'm joking. It's not Wally. It's not Wally. Um, I love... I love... It's... It's silly because I can't remember the name of it and you're going to have to remind me. Um, what's that Will Smith film where there's a load of zombies and he's like the last... The, what is it? I Am Legend. I Am Legend. That is like seared in my memory. Also Hot Fuzz um, and Shaun of the Dead. Like all of these are seared deeply in my brain. Nice. What did you reckon um, What did you reckon to the world's end? Crap. Please don't talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. What's the dumbest way you've ever hurt yourself? Um, I broke my hand, um, like supermaning, like literally like jumping um, and supermaning, and like fell fell on a. I was at my grandma's house. I was young. Broke my hand on the like phone. I've broken my collarbone. I've got like a gnarly, uh, bumpy collarbone because I uh, was skating downhill and like fell off. Um, I've broken all sorts of shit. I just love breaking shit. What's the most pathetic bone you've broken? My thumb. Because my dad, I remembered my dad had told me that when you punch someone, you either, I couldn't remember if you tucked your thumb in or if you held it out 
and I remembered wrong because I tucked my thumb in and I punched someone and it broke my thumb. Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered wrong. It, it really backfired. So oh, you why? punched somebody and they got one up on you? Well, it was a homie, actually. It was like, it was, you know, when you're like kind of 15 or maybe 16 and you and your homies, you're a bit boisterous. You're like fucking with each other, fighting, like not in any serious way. But yeah, I punched him um, hard enough to break my finger. So yeah, my thumb pardon. I love that. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what do you think you'd be doing? Uh, to be honest, dude, I ask myself that a lot um, because the more that I, the more that I think like, oh shit, what if I can't pay my rent this month? The more I'm like, oh God, what would I do if this wasn't my job? Like I got my degree in English Lit um, and I love, I love my course. So I would love to go into something like media related, something kind of like, maybe like, I don't know. If, if, you, if you think of something, please tell me because I, I, I ask myself this every day, dude. Something English lit related would be great. Yeah. Do you, uh, you actually want something related to what you studied then? But it's... So it's I, I, ne I, never went to, I never went to uni, so I, I can't compare sort of things. Kind of, I just went straight into fucking freelance designer. English lit is not famous for the job opportunities. So, yeah. you know, if I, if I had an answer for you, there'd be, a lot, there'd be a lot of English lit people that were also going for that job. There's not much going for English yeah. lit, I don't think. I just love books and there's not many people that want to hire you for that yeah librarian that sounds <laughs> really i don't want to work with kids kids are i mean kids. if there's nothing else to do <laughs> Fuck, what would i do oh dude i'd be an artist i'd just be like a freelance artist i'm not at all qualified like no one would no one would want me in a like a professional sense but as a freelance i reckon i could make it I'd just be poor for the rest of my life, which sounds fine. Just being an artist, mate. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I was fucking designing full time, it was literally just, it was a, I've never worked for a firm, never worked for a design agency or anything like that. It's always been freelance. And it's just that fucking scramble to get the rent in. Or yeah. Fucking bill money in and that. And it's like, there is something about it that's kind of just like, I can never go and work for somebody else again. I know, I know I work for this other print shop, but that's different. It's screen printing. It's mm -hmm. just second nature to me now, but in terms of design and kind of like having that, I guess that kind of creative allowance to just go and do what you fucking want to do. It's like, yeah, it's like nothing else. I'm really not good at working for other people. Like I, I, I am inclined to um, sort of do shit myself. I've kind of been brought up that way. So I feel like I was always destined to have my own business and, if I had to do something other than this, it probably would be, I would probably would end up setting up another business eventually. I don't know what, I don't know in what capacity, but I just run it, working for myself is something that I kind of just spiritually am inclined towards. Yeah, you could, um, you could set up a business converting people's hands to feet. That is an excellent idea. And then teaching them how to do uh, varial flips with their hands and feet. Yeah, I don't know how much of a market there is, but I'll get I'll get the research going. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Glad I've uh, I've sparked some uh, <laughs> some sort of drive there. I'm not I'm not going to pretend that that's anything but useless career advice, mate. I'm sorry. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll take that. I'll take it on the chin. What brands would you like to see on the pod? So 
there's a homie called Yeah Coolin. Um, he does like cool airbrush stuff. He's a really talented artist. Uh, we did a pop up with him, um, and he was basically just like sketching in his um, in his sketchbook the whole time. Really, really cool art, like a proper artist. I love the dude. He's great. Um, also, Hook Salas is a homie from Milton Keynes who makes really cool um, t-shirts. Um, basically, like sort of like film inspired, like horror film shit like that. Um, oh, and cool. and and uh, like graffiti inspired. His stuff's really cool. Um, Eronogo, Eronogo is really cool. Um, I've spoken to them for a few years now. Faker Supply, Faker Supply are great. Check out all of them. Do it. I highly recommend every single one of them. Where can people find you? People can find me at Lame Unofficial, Lame.store, and not the moon, because I'm not going. Cool. What is the meaning of life? The meaning of life. Okay. Easy. Reality is subjective. Your subjective reality is all that matters to you, your subjective experience. Therefore, not in, not in like a hedonistic way, I'm not saying, you know, oh, fuck everyone else. You only your only your reality matters. But on a real on a real, if you live to, you know, enjoy yourself and you're kind to others, you live for like purely the enjoyment of life. Is that not the meaning of life? And also the meaning of life is that which you like um, sort of give to it. We as humans like assign meaning to life. And I feel like you get to, de- you get to decide what the meaning of life is for you personally. And I don't, get to de- I don't get to tell you what the meaning of life is for you. For me, the meaning of life is my personal enjoyment. Yeah, great answer. Yeah, thanks for coming up chatting with us, mate. It's been, big love, been a big love. been fun. It's been been good chatting. I love both your tats, by the way. I never got round to it, but excellent tats all round. Oh, cheers! Thanks, Thank you. Thanks, man. I've got loads more than Rube, obviously, as you can see. Yeah, yeah. I need just birthmarks, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he just draws on himself with a sharp every day. Yeah, I was born this way. <laughs> I've, I've left my thighs totally clear because what I want to do is just buy like a tattoo gun. Absolutely no experience, just full faith, and like what, like go to town on my own legs. No, you both seem super, super happy about this. I'm, I'm, I'm super confident in my abilities as an artist. I mean, like you just, you, uh, you can end up in hospital, dude, if it goes really bad. That's the thing. It's not like if it goes, if it goes bad, it's like I've got a shit tattoo. It's like if it goes really bad, you're fucked. <laughs> like. I'm not behind tattooing yourself isn't as great as you think it is. You you'd think this would dissuade me, but I'm just all the more convinced. I don't. I I sincerely believe in I believe in my artistic abilities. Like just naturally, I feel like I'm going to smash it, and I trust myself to keep it clean. Isn't that pretty much it? You're right. Um. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for coming on, mate. Really enjoyed chatting with you. Enjoy. And we shall follow follow your progress, mate. And. uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. Follow my stagnation. Sounds good. <laughs> Have a good one, mate. Bye, boys. Take care, mate. Bye-bye.